everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Lux's Litter Box. I am happy to be joined today by the one and only Luke. Luke, how are you doing? I'm doing great today. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm doing great. You know, this is really, this is one of our first episodes together as co-hosts. And, you know, I was talking to Cole, who I miss so much. He's actually going to be abroad for the semester. So it's going to be me and Luke's show for right now. But I was talking to Cole and I was saying, you know, getting to know a new co-host for podcasting is kind of like, you know, starting to date for the first time. You know, you got to get to know the other person. So I really feel like, you know, it's kind of like a dinner date right now between us. We kind of got to know each other a little bit, kind of get comfortable. Yeah, it's it's a first date. It's There's some anxiety that's there, but, you know, you work through it. You just don't acknowledge it. It's Ex- just there. Exactly. It's the product of the situation. Exactly. Just a little bit of awkwardness, but it's, it's all good. And the important thing is that you're on a break with Cole. Too, yeah, we're so not, I'm not cheating on Cole. It does not count. Exactly. Exactly, because I'm on a break, so it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so this being like a little bit of a dinner date, I feel like we need to have, we'll start off with some, some appetizers, you know? That sounds good. Yeah. A little, a little bit of, let's, let's ease our way into the main course of today's podcast. So appetizers today. Let's, let's talk about something that I don't, I don't know if you knew this, but I had never been to a Davidson basketball game before, maybe last week against SLU. That is pretty wild to me because you've been here like almost three years now. Yeah, second right? semester, second semester junior, never been to a full. And that's the thing. I mean, technically, I have because I've been to a couple. Like I went to the tournament game, I went to an exhibition game, I've been to a couple women's basketball games, but I hadn't been to a full home men's uh, basketball game. First Davidson basketball game I ever went to was Vandy versus Davidson. So I, I've been there, but I was, I was at SLU. I was at VCU. We've turned a new leaf now that I have a, you know, now that I'm actually have a podcast about Davidson basketball, I should probably be there, but no, it was, it was a really great environment for both games. Obviously SLU was a little bit better than VCU, but VCU was still a great environment. Crowd really got into it. So it made me think, you know, so Luke, what's the best sports environment that you've been a part of? Uh, there's just, there's so many good ones that I could choose from. The first thing I'll say was, I think I had like the most different experience, like drastically different experience possible to you when going to my first Davidson game. Mm-hmm. Because the first Davidson game I went to was my second semester here, I guess. Sort of getting a March senior day against VCU. It came out they were going to give out like 200 student tickets to the first people who responded to this email. And I filled out the form within like two minutes worth of time and got a ticket. And yeah, there were 200 of us there, but it's always going to be one of my favorite environments. Not because of like a Stockholm syndrome, oh, this is terrible way and we're all next to each other in a mask and this is really funny, but because like it was genuinely unique and I'm not going to be like a part of anything like that again, right? Yeah, that's a really cool experience because like I don't think I had like during that kind of COVID pause, COVID era... I don't know how many games I really went to for like anything in general, like even for back home watching Vanderbilt games, or I think maybe I'd went to a couple of Davidson football games, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And you know, I was in a mask, but I didn't care. I I mean, I I felt like I could impact the game still and especially more because there were so few of us, right? Yeah, All 300, everything you say is going to be, you know, personally heard. 
the camera can find you easily. You know, it, it was great. But the other great home environments that I've been in, I will say one of the most special ones was watching Tennessee defeat Florida for the first time in like 13 years when I was 15 years old, I think. And I remember this game well because I was in the, in the section with one of my friends and this drunk guy next to us turns to us and he says, you better watch this game, guys, because you're going to remember this for the rest of your can't fill that in blanky blank <laughs> life. And yeah, we, we did. We were down 21 nothing earlier in that game, but we came back. Stayed at the game. Never leave a game early. That's my philosophy. And exactly. we did win. Yeah. Well, I mean, see, one of my, it's kind of similar. One of my favorite experiences was 2012 Vandy, Tennessee. Me and my dad were there. There was like a drunk Tennessee fan behind us who was like, man, look at, look at that power T when they had like the, they had like the, uh, the band marching out. And my dad was like, you know, if you look at a T upside down, it kind of looks like an anchor. That's kind of, that's kind of weird. <laughs> And so the guy, the guy was just kind of sat there for a second. I was like, I'd never thought about that before. And then we came in and whooped Tennessee. I, I know you remember that yeah. um, in the, in the second half, but you know, that was a, that was a great experience too, because you know, I don't know when the next time I'm going to see Vanderbilt kill Tennessee at home is for football at least, but moving on, I feel like, you know, we've kind of, we've kind of eased into it a little bit. So let's get into some of the main course. We have a lot to talk about for basketball, you know, a, Overall, I would say probably a pretty solid week. Um, we're we're recording this week of uh, UMass. Uh, just happened on Saturday, where it's the Monday we're recording it. Uh, but we were both at the VCU game. That was, I mean, it was disappointing that you didn't come away with a win. But at the end of the day, you didn't have Foster, so I feel like that's kind of a manageable week. You know, you took care of business against UMass, and you played pretty well against VC. You, you scared him for a long time too. Uh, yeah, I'll say it was a good two weeks even and say that, you know, you go on the road, you beat LaSalle, who is like sneakily improving recently. Mm-hmm. And then you play a great game against SLU and you're just short. You play a great game against VCU, I think, without Foster Lawyer and you're just short. And there's so much growth that happened in just in between those games. I mean, we're going to single out some players here in a minute, obviously, but like, yeah. It's really apparent if you've watched both of them how much how far the team had come and that breakout game you could just sort of feel it was coming. Totally. It was yeah. like so many bounces haven't gone our way this year, especially compared to last year. Yeah, no, and I think I think one thing that we're we've kind of been noting is the offense felt like it clicked a little bit a little bit more in these last couple of games. Um obviously, I mean they were I was watching the highlights, they were noting it on the telecast that like, you know, this isn't really what we expect from a Davidson offense. You know, we're not shooting at a great clip. There's not a lot of, I mean, the movement's still there, but it feels stale sometimes. There was one moment I remember from, I forget whether it was the VC or SLU game, that there was just like four guys inside the arc just standing there, like nothing going on, no backside movement. Um, But no, this felt felt a lot better. I thought we were obviously, I mean, thinking about that UMass game, I know we want to single out one player who played pretty well. Pretty well. Uh, Yeah, yeah, okay. Our, our shoot, shooting was a lot better. Good shots, even if they didn't go down, better looks, I felt like. Yeah, I will say that the thing about the three ball, too, with Davidson offense is I tweeted out something after the slew game that was akin to saying, like, oh, you know, the Davidson offense without threes, it's like it's like having the Beach Boys without all the, the vocal harmonies, right? Exactly. Yeah, no, we all know that reference. Yeah. It's something that makes sense because you know the blueprint is there and they're running the offense well. And when you hit the three ball, those open looks, we saw time and time again in UMass, like the cuts were there, 
the open cuts to the rim. The passing was there. It was sharp. It was quick. It was what we expect to see. And I remember coming out like probably like four or five of our first six made field goals were assisted. And I thought we're going to have a really good day and they're going to have a really long day trying to guard us. Yep. All right. So let's kind of let's get into that now. Let's talk about some players that we saw improved. And, you know, really, it's been the transfers that have come up clutch these last couple games. Do you want to start with, I know we're, we're thinking about Skogman and we're thinking about our guy, Connor Cochera, 29 piece himself, couldn't get to 30. We were, we were sitting there waiting for it. To, we, we checked his, uh, his stats halfway, halfway through this, his little one-man run, and we we're looking at, like, what's his career high? And we saw it was 30, and he got so dang close but couldn't get over the 30 mark but still had an incredible day, uh, 10 for 13 from the field. Seven of nine from three. Seven crazy. And I mean, I know he hasn't been the most lights out shooter consistently at times. Um, but I think he, I mean he proved us wrong with this one. He he proved that he could get really hot really quick. Well, you could see it was there, and he was always comfortable taking those shots, right? Well, like yeah. he wasn't gonna back down. <laughs> yeah. And early in the season, I mean, he would take heat checks, you know, to get him there. Like We'd seen what he's capable of. I remember, like, my freshman year here, William and Mary came here. He dropped 20 or so on us, I believe, in that mm-hmm. game. And, I mean, I think that was a game in particular he talked about, like, oh, I could see myself in this offense in the future, right? Yeah. So we knew it was there. It was just a question of familiarity. Like, it happens all the time in sports when we see any player move anywhere. Not just learning the system, but, like, the environment and culture, too, I think plays a big part in settling in. And there's not always that jump that comes eventually. Exactly. And so Coachera, at least, after this last game, Coachera is now shooting a solid 30 for 78, so 38, 39% from three, um, now leads the team in three-point percentage if you don't count the two threes that Spadone has hit. Actually, you know what? Yeah, we all time all time Davidson great three point shooter. Um Achilles Spadone. I feel like we can't count him out yet. He's actually had some great minutes too. Great minutes against VCU. I remember seeing on Twitter somebody was like, Oh, he stared down Ace Baldwin. He should have known better to do that. Well, like that just speaks to like who he is as a competitor to me. Coming in from Switzerland as a walk on, he's not even expected to play a role this year and we, until we lose some scholarship players. And then Foster Lawyer goes down, and all of a sudden you have to guard one of the best players in the A-10 primetime game on national television, CBS Sports Network. And he holds his own. He hits a couple of big threes that they aren't cheap ones either. They're well contested, and he's cuts hard, and he can hit mid-range jumpers I've seen. Mm-hmm. Just everything about his game impressed me. Yeah. He's rebounding as well. Like When he's coming to the game, I don't know if you're looking at the numbers, but there's a significant jump and we can say it's not just noisy, small sample size anymore. I mean, he's been playing incredibly well. Also, I mean, I didn't expect that. I mean, obviously you don't expect it from a a walk on, but he he was a name that I didn't really hear at the beginning of the year that was generating as much noise as obviously like someone like Coachera or Reed Bailey. But also speaking of uh, transfers, going back to that for a second, 
Uh, Skogman, kind of an underrated shooter, too. He's shooting about 38% from the three-point line. We saw him knock down a couple key key clutch ones against VCU, against SLU. So, I mean, he's also had some some sneaky good games as well recently. Yeah, I think we've known that was kind of in his game since he hit, you know, four or five threes earlier this season uh, against Western Carolina, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were kind of waiting for that coming out game against greater teams from him. And like the last four games I was looking, and I think he's averaging seven or eight boards a game, and he's had multiple games with four or five offensive rebounds as well, which when you shoot a lot of threes like Davidson does, you're going to generate more offensive rebound opportunities, longer rebounds, right? Mm -hmm. And he's done an excellent job capitalizing on that. We We won the second chance points battle against UMass pretty decisively. Yeah. And I mean, if you go four or five from three by yourself, you're you're helping the cause a lot already. And it was such a sneaky four for five where it was like, well, what? I mean, obviously overshadowed a little bit by Mister Twenty Nine Piece himself, but yeah, I mean, he had a pretty good game with fifteen and and six, either uh, fifteen and seven, excuse me. Uh, at any point, if that happens from maybe your third, fourth, even fifth option, then you know that you're lighting it up. Also has had a pretty good, pretty good run. I think uh, T rank has got him as an, a net positive the last four games that he's played. With even uh, with LaSalle being plus four, SLU being plus two point three, um, and that UMass game being plus three point six. So obviously, it's been pretty pretty great recently. Yeah, he's been he's been really fun to watch. And the last thing I'll shout out with him was. He hit one from the corner, which I was kind of waiting for because we've seen him hit it from the top of the key so much. And to add that element to his game would be huge, I think. And finally, that free throw shooting where he's fallen off a little from 90%, but he's still at 86, I think, right now, which is pretty wild. Still crazy for a big like that, yeah. It's wild for anybody, but especially crazy for a big man. I mean, I shot like that in high school. Oh, yeah, Yeah. I did too, yeah. Yeah, you can. In upward basketball. In upward, yeah, 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 AAU. All right, so now we're going to take a little a little break, you know, a little refreshments, pace ourselves with this main course, you know. We're, we're going to come back for part two with the main course, but there was something there was something in particular that really stood out to me and Luke when we were watching this this UMass game together. It was, it was unforgettable, I would say. Uh, I would say it's unforgettable. Life-changing, maybe. Yeah, there's, there's one commercial that really stood out to us, and we're going to start highlighting our favorite commercial uh, each week going forward. Uh, and obviously, this was our choice. Yep, that's it. Yep, let's go. Oh yeah, at BK. Okay, we're we're joking. It's actually it's actually this commercial. This one caught us off guard. It's worth of cocaine fell from the sky this morning in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's more this. Knoxville. They dumped it. Shout out Knoxville. I'm looking for my daughter. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. Dear Lord, have you ever heard of cocaine? I mean, you're from Knoxville. Have you ever heard the story of Cocaine Bear? I had not heard the story of Cocaine Bear, but I remember seeing the poster for this movie like a couple months ago, and it stood out to me because it was called Cocaine Bear, and the tagline was also to get in line, which I thought was... Yeah, that's kind of good. That's kind of good. But yeah, no, um, based off a true story inspired by by real events, um, Cocaine Bear, new movie. This trailer's got 12 million views in two months which is absolutely insane i think for a trailer um should we go watch cocaine bear february out february 
excuse me, February 24th. I think I should, we should definitely go. I feel like that's research. Like we should, we should write that off as like a, like a work expense, you know? Yeah. I think cat stats can officially like cover that. Yeah. You know? And like the other thing I would say was like, it's such a simple but profound concept for a movie, you know? It's yeah, like, exactly. Well, what if you took a bear and you took cocaine? Yeah. You, and you mix them together and you get cocaine bear. You and have so, a cocaine bear. Exactly. It's like saying, oh, what if there was this alien and we put it on a spaceship and nobody could escape? One of the greatest horror movies ever made, right? Exactly. This is basically so the same you, So what you're saying right? is that cocaine bear is going to be one of the greatest movies ever made. It's going like, to be a cinematic just like alien. achievement, yeah. yeah. Legendary actor Ray Liotta's last appearance in any film ever is Cocaine Bear. He passed away recently, rest in peace. Um, but how would you like for your legacy to potentially go out on Cocaine Bear? Honestly, I would much rather go out on Cocaine Bear. Like, I know we're joking about this, but I would rather go out on an original movie like Cocaine Bear than doing, like, you know, like a remake or somebody remade Goodfellas, right? Yeah. And they asked me to come back. Like, like the Disney Plus original series. Yeah. I mean, Goodfellas. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how this will do. It, it actually does seem like it has some big name actors in it. So, yeah. you know, 12 mil- million on the... And obviously, big enough of a marketing budget to, you know, have a co- commercial during the primetime CBS SN... A ten basketball game on Saturday, so it's not cheap. It's not a it's not a cheap movie. This is not a knockoff movie, man. This is this is full on a list actors in a re- very real cocaine bear. True story. True story. True story. Look it up. Um, interesting story. The bear did not actually go on a ram- rampage. That's what I've learned. He kind of just died. Yeah. But you know, still interesting story. Interesting movie. So. For our second half, how do we avoid the pillow fight? We got an interesting little schedule coming up here. Um, I was looking at it, and I see I see some wins. I don't know what you think, but I see some wins. The thing I hate about the A10, well, there's a lot of things I don't like about the A10, but the thing I hate is like going through game by game because it's already really difficult in college basketball to predict night by night what's going to happen. But in the A10, you really have no idea. Oh, completely, completely. But you can say, looking at our schedule... You could say, oh, I see not just three, four, I see five, yeah. six wins there down the stretch. We have seven games left for reference. Exactly. And right now, right now, are we out of the, I, I don't have the standings right there, but are we out of the pillow fight? I can't remember with all the ties and tiebreakers right now. So right now we are not out of the pillow fight projections. Oof. But currently, for the first time yesterday, I believe, I don't remember who posts these updates on Twitter. Oh, yeah, you know, I've seen this. Yeah, they post yeah. the simulated standings for the A-10. We were just barely out of the pillow fight in Let's night. go. And I do think that's underselling us a little bit based on the way this team has improved. Oh, because totally, yeah. We've seen a lot of the teams around the league stagnate, I feel like, or even get worse the last couple of weeks. But with Davidson, it's it's kind of tradition for teams to get better as the year goes along. And... I don't think this one is any exception, obviously, just based off the last two weeks. Oh, totally. If you've got a McKillop coaching, you know that you're going to age. The team's going to age like fine wine. So oh, yeah. that, so, being, that yeah. being said, we can't really predict game by game. But if we were going to predict, predict game by game, I would say I would say that uh, St. Joe's Bonaventure is going to be interesting because Bonnie's have been playing a lot better recently. So I wouldn't say you pencil that one in as a total win yet. 
I'd say St. Joe's should be a win. Duquesne, I mean, they've been playing very well too. So who knows with that? George Washington should be a win. And Rhode Island should be a win. Of course, you can never tell with Rhode Island on the road. And also you can never tell with the A-10 once again. But, you know, I could see four or five wins there if all goes well. If we return back to kind of our preseason expectations for this team. Um, I mean, and that would put us in a pretty good spot, you know. It's a it's not a bad year with all, all things given. Um, and obviously you've seen growth with some of these key players like we talked about with the transfers. Um, and, you know, that puts you in an opportunity. Maybe you could make another semifinal. You know, we've never missed a A-10 semifinal. So maybe you could, you could win a few games of the tournament and make it there. Yeah, and I'll say that, like, all these games being coin flips, they kind of go into our favor. Like, Duquesne especially sticks out to me as, like, a coin flip team where they just played that U-Miss team that we beat by 15 on the road, same environment, and lost. George Washington, three-game losing streak right now, I believe. At Rhode Island is a team that's always going to scare you just because we went there last year with a great team. Yeah. Lost Rhode Island. Um, Bonaventure, a program that reminds me of us for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Number one, the size. Number two, the coaching. You know, a Schmidt coach team is just going to get better and better as the season goes along. Age like wine. So, yeah, we're not going to try to predict that game, but it's going to be a great game, I think, at home. So, that being said, one one last thing before we wrap up. Uh, the T-ranked lines right now are, it's Duquesne by seven. George Washington, we're supposed to... Uh, we are favored by seven, and Rhode Island is basically straight up a pick 'em. That's about what I would expect. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, interesting schedule down the stretch. Excited to see what happens, and of course, we'll be at that Fordham game. They're offering two hundred free Chick Fil A sandwiches to the first two hundred students. So, me and Luke will be there probably like the night before camping out for free Chick Fil A. Probably the night before. Yeah. We'll probably start the first ever McKillopville. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, um, I'd be down with that. I would too. Yeah. Yeah. I, plus, it's kind of warm this weekend, so it wouldn't be the worst. Yeah, it's going to be in the sixties this week. Yeah, exactly. That's it's beautiful. That's practically balmy. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have any questions, anything you want to reach out, suggest we talk about any movie trailers you want us to see, um, or any movies you want us to see, just in general, um, reach out. You can you can DM us on Twitter. Our Twitter is at llb underscore podcast uh luke has been doing an amazing job running the twitter um this has been sean and luke at lex's litter box thanks so much for listening join us next time go wildcats go wildcats have a great day have a great week thanks for listening Rawr.